following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Thirty years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster, Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now here's your host, George Plaster. Hello again, everybody. Welcome in on a Friday afternoon where it may not be raining yet, but give it till tomorrow, it apparently will be. Now, the good news for the Titans game, it appears the weather gets out of here and that we get at least partly cloudy with a high in the mid-50s. Billy Derrick is alongside. Billy, how are you? George, I'm great. We're going to have you know, maybe not the best weather and probably not the best wide receiver play either. Terry's about to inform us of the, oh, the yeah. Titans uh, wide receiver situation. So we'll see about that. But, George, I'm great. Ready for the weekend. Uh, we all are. With that in mind, let's uh, let's get Terry in here and talk about the news of the day, which is that Traylon Burks has been ruled out for Sunday because of a concussion Terry, I guess those around the program really are not surprised at all. No, not at all, George. In fact, Burks is one of six players that the Titans have ruled out for this game. It's left them really thin at a couple of positions. Uh, also out are wide receiver C.J. Board, who's been handling the punt return duties. He's out with a rib injury, probably sustained on one of those bad hits he took last week against the Eagles. And then also on the defensive side, you've got uh cornerbacks Christian Fulton out and Trey Avery out. So that's two of your top three corners that are out for this game, as well as Danico Autry, who remains out, and David Long, who's out with a hamstring. So not good. Wouldn't it be easier just to tell us who is going to play? It almost seems that way. Yeah. But right now they're down to two healthy receivers on the 53-man roster and three healthy corners on the 53-man roster, one of whom was signed on Tuesday. Yeah, that's lovely. Okay, <laughs> let's talk first the wide receiver position because clearly you can't just go wide left, wide right. This is an era of five wide receiver kind of stuff, and they haven't got five. They haven't got three. So what are the moves they're going to make between now and kickoff? Well, the one move that seems almost a certainty is that Racy McMath is going to come off IR, and uh, he'll be the third wide receiver behind Nick Westbrook-Akina and Robert Woods. And then beyond that, it's basically down to practice squad guys. It's going to be uh, somebody from among Dez Fitzpatrick, Mason Kinsey, 
Chris Conley and Reggie Roberson. If I had to guess, if they had to pull up two of them, and I don't know that they can do that because of the cornerback situation, they may have to add somebody there. Uh, my guess would be that it, that it would either be Conley who has veteran experience or it would be Kinsey if they decide they don't want to put uh, Robert Woods in harm's way on the punt returns with C.J. Board out. Okay, Fitzpatrick, am I right, has had some stints with what I would call mixed results? Yeah, he's one of those guys that hasn't really panned out, and he's one of those guys from 2020 and 2021 that kind of – were marks against John Robinson in those drafts. They traded up to get him in the fourth round on the third day, moving up quite a bit uh, in order to be able to grab him out of the University of Louisville. And for whatever reason, it just hasn't worked out for him to find a spot in the regular wide receiver rotation. They've cut him twice and signed him to the practice squad twice uh, in his two years here. So that's certainly not earning him glowing reviews. So, Terry, now let's go to the cornerback position where they basically, I mean, let's let's cut through all the bull. The only time they're any good back there is when their front four can get so much pressure that it eliminates a lot of the need in the cornerback position. So what are they going to do? Well, my guess would be we some of the writers we were discussing how they might approach this with very little – uh, depth at the cornerback position. They have Roger McCrary, the rookie second round pick, who's been starting basically all year. And they've got Terrence Mitchell, who has been a depth piece. He started some this year and filled in, uh, you know, in sub packages and things like that. So that's probably your two main guys. And then beyond that, you might have to pull a Monty Hooker down from the safety position to play nickel, which would have Byard and, and uh, Andrew Adams back deep. And then when you go to the dime, your choices look like either Josh Kalu, who's really a safety by trade, but can play the dime position, or you go by, you go with uh, John Reed, who just signed here the other day uh, off the Atlanta Falcons practice squad. The other option would be uh, Josh Thompson, who's in a similar situation to Racy McMath in that he's been activated into his practice return window and if they want to restore him to the active roster, they can do so by tomorrow at 3 o'clock. So, Terry, doesn't this come down to whether Jacksonville's offensive line can protect Trevor Lawrence or whoever it is going to play quarterback for them? Because, let's face it, if they do that, this secondary's been a joke, and they'll get torched. Yeah, especially with uh, being down so many players. It, it it could be bad. This pass rush, which has not been the same since Jeffrey Simmons, who's listed as questionable, has been bothered by that ankle and the fact that Danico Autry's been out now going to be for a third straight game. It's not been the same without those two in there. They're going to need somebody, and most likely it needs to be Bud Dupree, to step forward and have a big game on Sunday to uh, – you know, create some of that pass rush that you were talking about that's been lacking over the last couple of games. They've got to have it or else Trevor Lawrence, even though he's still learning the ropes of what it takes to be an NFL quarterback and kind of gets a pass because last year he had to play for Urban Meyer. Uh, he's still capable of picking them apart if they don't get some pressure on him. 
Sure, and they haven't exactly been the 27 Yankees either. They just got through getting shelled in Detroit. And what looked fairly promising earlier in the year has just sort of disintegrated into mush in typical Jacksonville fashion. So this is going to be highly fascinating. The line going into today was the Titans, depending on where you went, three and a half or four. I would assume with the news of what's gotten out that it will go more like two and a half or three with the Titans being favored. Terry, let's now go to what has been the water cooler talk of the week, the dismissal of John Robinson. Anything new there? Well, nobody's really saying a whole lot about it. You know, they they're doing their best to move on. Even Mike Vrabel admitted, you know, that it, you know, it's a distraction, but he liked the way the players have handled moving on from this and trying to get ready for this football game. Now, whether they really can or not, I think we won't know that until Sunday at, at kickoff. You know, but from what everybody is saying and from what everybody can tell, you know, thus far, it appears that Amy Adams Strunk, you know, had kind of been keeping tabs on, you know, things that hadn't been going right uh, lately with John Robinson, mainly the drafts in 2020 and 2021, and then the trade of A.J. Brown. And when A.J. Brown uh, did a number on them Sunday, uh, apparently that was the final straw. Now, you know, like, you know, like any journalist and like you, George, you know, there's certainly reason to be skeptical as to why you would throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak, because of, you know, one bad beat against the Eagles and, you know, a couple of, draft picks that washed out here and there that should have been a lot better. But uh, it, thus far, there's been no evidence uncovered of, of much of anything that says it was more than that. Terry, I'll be very interested on Sunday when the national guys go to see if any bombs get dropped that we don't know about. So I'm going to ask you this. You all who are out there all week and, and cover all this stuff, is there any sense that there is something else that none of us have thought about that has led to this? It's been speculated, but nobody really knows what it is. It's been speculated, like you said, that there could be something deeper, that there could be something more that's lurking in the background that hasn't come out. But uh, nothing has come out at all uh, in terms of any anything that it could possibly be. You know, there were some people trying to throw out there that the whole Todd Downing incident and alcohol on the plane might be, you know, uh, a reference point as to something that, uh, you know, caused an investigation by the league. But my thought on that is, is this, George, and, I, and tell me if you disagree, why would John Robinson take the fall for that if Todd Downing didn't take the fall for that? Well, first of all, who's kidding who? This is not the first time alcohol has ever been on a team plane. Yeah. And I'm not exactly. saying whether it's the Titans or not. I'm just saying if there's this belief that alcohol doesn't get on pro team flights to and from somewhere, please. Uh, oh, it does. Exactly right. And to me, that doesn't, even though that's maybe against league policy, that does not seem to be anywhere near a fireable offense, especially if there are. You know, if they're not severe consequences, you know, there, it, it didn't turn out, 
you know, and I got want to be careful. It didn't turn out like the deal with Andy Reid's son in Kansas City. Right. I, I'm not making moral judgments here or saying right or wrong. I'm just saying who's kidding who. This kind of crap's been going on for years on the pro level. So do you believe that Sunday somebody nationally comes out with a bomb that really surprises us? I don't know. I wouldn't be completely shocked, but I'm not necessarily expecting it, George. Terry, good report as always. We'll talk again on Monday. All right. Sounds good. You have a good weekend. That is Terry McCormick's Daily Titans Update. And it's been brought to us by Sumner Funeral and Cremation. They are sharing their family with yours in your time of need. They've got two convenient locations in both Gallatin and Hendersonville. They've also got a location online. That's SumnerFuneral.com. Also, don't forget about the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. They are proven to be trusted with your most personal asset, and they are most the most trusted team in realty. Give them a call at 615-906-8458. All right, George, let's hop right into the update here as uh, as we start today with some potential high school football news in the mid-state. Multiple sources have told Football Scoop that Lipscomb Academy officials have targeted Jason Witten to be the Mustangs' next head coach. And in fact, multiple sources in both Tennessee and Texas told Football Scoop this week that Lipscomb officials already had flown to Dallas within the past week to meet with Jason Witten about replacing Trent Dilfer. So really interesting piece of news there. You know, it, it's still got to go down. It's still got to happen. But that'd be quite the replacement for uh, for Trent Dilfer there. Well, it's certainly another big name. That's for sure. Um, you know, I've met Jason a couple of times. He seems like a really good guy. That would be a very interesting choice if that's where they go. He's had a really interesting career. Great tight end at Tennessee. Great tight end with the Dallas Cowboys. Spent a year in the Monday night football booth on ESPN. Got out after one season. I think that's right. One or two seasons. Yeah. And um, He did a good job, though, I thought. I thought booth. he did, too. Um, but he's been coaching high school football in Texas. Uh, and he had a 10-win season uh, this past year, second round of the Texas yeah. State playoffs. So, George, you, you look at this, and, and you got to believe Dilfer might have recommended Could Jason, have. you know, kind of wanting to, to keep that program going. And you wouldn't be surprised from a, a great guy like Dilfer like it, that. Here's the other thing we don't know. Is there somebody in the Lipscomb family or extended family that has some ties to Jason Witten? Right. Maybe Witten let it out there through, you'll love this word, intermediaries, <laughs> whatever the hell that means. Did did Witten perhaps let it out that, hey, you know, I wouldn't mind coming back here. Home obviously is in the state of Tennessee. Of course, he's been down in the uh, Metroplex area 15, 20 years, so that may feel like home as well. If they could get him on the surface, from what I know, It'd be a really good hire. No doubt. And, George, we don't know what type of people were hired because Dilfer was hired. So we don't know of the people that are still at Lipscomb as officials, you know, that may have more of a say in it, you know. And that school's changed a lot. That athletic department has changed a lot ever since Dilfer got there. And I don't know how much it's going to be changing. So uh, that will be interesting to see. 
George, college news from last night. Uh, Tennessee wide receiver Jalen Hyatt became the first Boletnikoff Award winner in the history of the program. He beat out Iowa State's Xavier Hutchinson and Ohio State's Marvin Harrison Jr. as the college football's best wide receiver. Uh, that was well-deserved. Yeah, I would think that probably came down to him and Harrison, Yeah, although I don't know how they decide who wins that thing. The bottom line is Jalen Hyatt had a terrific year, and let me again go stomping around on this one. It is bullcrap that Hendon Hooker was not invited for the Heisman Trophy ceremony. For him, given his numbers, and we're going to get into this in a few minutes, and then I'll really get on the soapbox again. For him not to be invited is a crime. At least invite the guy. Expand it to five people. I mean, yeah, what? who cares? You put one more chair out there. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? And Jay, and well, a guy because, like Bryce Young wasn't even invited either. He's the best player in college football. Well, could you, know, you I mean, make, what? could you make the argument that at the point that Hendon Hooker got hurt, he couldn't have been worse than number two. No. I mean, he was number one. Then he got hurt, you know, and there's really nobody else there that would have replaced him at number two. I mean, I I, I don't get it, but uh, we, we will get, either. get into that. There George. are a lot of things I don't get these days. <laughs> He's the first finalist for the award for Tennessee. Joey Kent in 96 was a semifinalist. Kelly Washington in 01 and Robert Meacham in 06. So, Tennessee's had some good receivers. He's the first one to win the Bolitnikoff, though. So congratulations good for, to yeah, him. Good for Jalen Hyatt. George, we got some NBA news. Uh, the NBA and its Players Association have agreed to extend the December 15th deadline that each side has to give notice of plans to opt out of the collective bargaining agreement at the end of this season. The talks are still ongoing, so they're sort of pushing these talks back a little bit, George. Well, here would be a piece of advice I would give both sides. Okay, the NBA is awash in cash. Figure it out. The general public doesn't want to hear this stuff. They really don't. Get it figured out. Get it finished. We figure it out. <laughs> There's George's advice. To, figure it out. To the NBA and the CBA. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to join them, George, in the meeting. Uh, College football. I don't think that'd be good. No. George, last so piece they, here. They'd all be like, who the hell is he? <laughs> Why is he telling us to figure it out? <laughs> the members of the Atlantic Sun, George, this is really interesting. Yeah. I think it came out this morning in the WAC conference. They've agreed to merge into a 10-team football-only conference with the intention of becoming the 11th FBS conference. Huge move for, for those two yeah. conferences. And this is huge for a local school like Austin P, Eastern Kentucky, not far uh, from us as well. Other schools like Central Arkansas, North Alabama. You got to believe the timing of this will help the conferences and the schools with the age of the transfer portal and NIL. Um, you know, I don't know how much of a difference this makes, George, but that's a big move. And now the the question becomes, you know, you can look through this list. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, are, are some of these schools that are listed truly capable of being FBS? Because that gets into big money. It costs money to play big-time college oh, football. Yeah. Do you have the fan base to have the kind of crowds that you need in FBS? And, 
you know, the, the, this is the kind of stuff they have to think about. Supportive administration. Well, for instance, in Austin P. Okay, they've got a, a beautiful new stadium as of five or six years ago. A good, are, young, a good young coach. Yeah, but are they capable of fifteen to twenty thousand for a game? I don't know. And good I think question. That, yeah, I think that's what they're kind of trying to move towards because I don't think they're capable of fifteen thousand to twenty thousand right now, George. Uh, but good for those schools and those conferences. Well, only good. I forgot the whack had a. At a football conference. Well, only good if they can make it work. I mean, right, it right. sounds on the surface. On the surface, sort of like intermediaries. <laughs> <laughs> so we're off and running. After the break, we're going to check in on what I think is the most prized trophy that's out there. Now, no offense to the Bolitnikoff Award, but when you say Heisman, to quote the old Budweiser commercial, you've said it all. They'll award it tomorrow night. We'll talk about it when we come back. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. 
This is Eric Berner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Okay, so I've gone on a little bit of a rant about the fact that uh, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee's brilliant quarterback, was not one of the invitees to the Heisman Trophy. I happen to think that what they have done, uh, and I guess when I say they have done, the voters basically threw him out with the bathwater because he had the, uh, the audacity to get hurt. Yeah, George, you know, a question that I look at here also, and I don't know that we talked about it a lot. I know Tony was ripping this, and, you know, we all agree on it, that Hendon Hooker should be there. But is it about the process? I mean, I've seen a lot of people blaming the voters. You know, oh, screw the voters. But is it the voters that that we should blame or the process and how these are counted up and, you know, there's different regions? I don't understand that region. I mean, okay, there's well, people in, in Seattle, Washington that cover the NFL that vote for the Heisman. I mean, okay. I was once, I want to say for a, <clears throat> excuse me, for a three or four year period, I was a Heisman trophy, uh, voter. Right. And, you know, I felt like I had a responsibility to try to know what was going on across the country, across the country. I feel like I do that. I watch enough football. God knows I watch enough football (laughs) that I've got some sense of, you know, what's going on here. So let's say, because we're going to play this game in a minute, of the group that's up there right now, the guy that I would have removed off this list was C.J. Stroud. I I agree. C.J. Stroud doesn't belong here. This year. Now, he's gotten a lot of pre before it ever happened pub, but certainly in the big game that mattered the most for Ohio State, couldn't get it done. He wasn't all that good. No, and there's a lot of people saying Stetson Bennett shouldn't be there. Well, but I, I think for Stetson, you know, he did, he wasn't there last year. He played well last year and won a national title for him. So I think there are a lot of voters, especially in the Southeast, that say, yeah, he may not have the best stats, but let's let's record let's reward this kid. Here's I think one of the things that gets him the underrated part. The talent I, of- I don't think well, yeah, I mean th- that's part of it. Georgia has a lot of talent in particular on defense. He doesn't have what I would consider the prototypical rocket arm. No. Agree? Agree. Okay. There's the the story that's out there on him was, you know, nobody wanted him on the D1 level. He eventually walked on at Georgia. It's almost like a movie. Mm-hmm. 
And I think people are holding that against him unfairly because the truth of it is he's put up some really good numbers. And the second truth of it is he won a national title against a Godzilla. You know, there were a lot of people, me included, who did not think Georgia would beat Alabama for the national title. Mm -hmm. It was Bryce Young first, and then, oh, by the way, you got this guy, Stetson Bennett. He's a game manager. He's a this, he's a that. The problem is he put up such good numbers this year that nobody could overlook him. Right Now, he's going to get overlooked tomorrow night. He's not going to win this thing. I I don't know anybody right now who doesn't think Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, he's a clear favorite. Now, Max I Duggan. think Max Duggan yeah. had a real shot a week ago. And honestly, other than the guts and the grit that he showed in the game against Kansas State where he willed them on that final drive to get to OT, until that point, I think he lost a real shot to be the Heisman Trophy winner. You're talking about Caleb Williams? No, I'm talking about uh, oh, Duggan. Max Duggan. Right. Yeah, I mean, George, you look at it, and Tony said this, it's almost a year where you could cancel the award. No, that's not going to happen, obviously. But no, there, there's, not, there's just not a clear-cut favorite. I mean, obviously, Caleb Williams is that. But, you know, I don't know that he should be that – that high above Max Duggan. I mean, his stats are better, but you know, neither of them won a conference title. Um, you know, so Georgia, it seems like every year, almost every year, there's a, it's that guy. Last year it was Bryce Young. You know, I mean, when Tebow won it, it was obvious, you know, it's been obvious most years. It's not this year. It's not this year at all. And could you make the argument that for most of the season, the two best players out there, have not been invited, and they both got hurt. Hendon Hooker at Tennessee and Corum, the running back yeah. from Michigan. Yeah, George. Could you make that argument? I think you can. Yeah, I think you can. But the thing with Corum is their backup running back in Michigan came in and, and rushed for over 150 yards back-to-back games. So you start to think, oh, is it just the offensive line? Corum's a great running well, back. Yeah, and, and there is the thought that maybe I could get 20 yards <laughs> behind that group. Although I'll say this. Um, I think if, I think I'd need a push from behind. <laughs> you know, the, the, I think if JJ McCarthy tossed it out to you on the left side, you could get a first down. I think behind. I would get the hell out of bounds as quick as possible. <laughs> but like Mark Ingram. So okay, if you had to put money on it, who comes in second tomorrow night? Max Duggan, I think. That's what I think. I think Max Duggan, and then other than that, I mean, it's really only Williams and Duggan that really deserve it. Now, you know, I think Stroud, you could argue, does he deserve to be there? Bennett, I think you, you got to reward the kid at some point. But it's really, to me, George, just it's between Duggins, Duggan and Williams, to me. So it, it is crazy, though. I mean, you, you see a season like this and you, and you think, man, was it a bad college football year? But no, it's just no. there's not a clear-cut favorite. Th there's not a clear-cut. And the other thing that goes on in this is that two of your best candidates are now apparently have been declared ineligible by the voters. Now, you brought up the whole regional bias thing. Yep. Okay, and and we really started to get that when Peyton Manning lost to Charles Woodson. And, you know, I believe I'm right. We had never had a defensive player win the Heisman Trophy until Woodson. 
Woodson had an incredible year for a defensive back. And there there were a couple of plays in a game against the arch rival Michigan State that were really pretty spectacular. Yeah. But there was a lot of this, it was almost like the Civil War started again. And the whole South was Peyton Manning and the whole North was um, obviously Charles Woodson. And that led to all this talk. And then the talk became, okay, who gets the vote out West? Does Peyton Manning get it? Does Woodson get it? And the belief is that Woodson got more of it. Right. Oh, out of sort of a, what's the word I'm looking for? That there was, um, you know, a feeling that we're, we're tired of the SEC. Yeah, they the, always... the Peyton Manning fatigue. I've heard a lot about that yeah. at that point and, in his career. And whether that's fair or not, you know, if I'm a voter, and I was once, is there a bias on my end toward the SEC? There might be, just because I happen to think the best football that is played in college football is in the Southeastern Conference. I've always thought that where it really shows up the most is in your down lineman on defense. My belief has always been that the guys in the SEC at most of the big schools can run to the football better than in most of the other conferences. That's where I've always thought the difference is. Just because I have that doesn't mean I'm a communist. It does mean perhaps that I've got a bias. And it's a bias that I can't scientifically prove, but... It's eye test. Everything about this is eye test. Yeah. Well, you could call it a bias, George, but it could also be just a good understanding of college football around the country and, and what conference has dominated that sport for so long. It's the SEC. So, you know, yeah, it could be a bias, but it's also I, I think there's there's probably people in Big Ten country or out west that that understand, hey, this Hendon Hooker kid. He's played in the SEC. Stetson Bennett played the SEC defenses. So I think that hopefully there's that understanding. But I want to ask you about the process, George. When you were a voter, mm -hmm. what was that like? For you? Did you have to go online and type it in? Oh, and, good what? Lord, this was before online. You, you think send, I would have known how to go online? Did you type it and then send it out on the fax machine? Or you no, know, I'm what? trying to think if you – I think back then you mailed your ballot in by a certain date. Okay, so you write it down and mail it. And I know that I used to always try and wait until the very last moment that I could because I think the voters have a responsibility to try to see it through to as close to the end as they can. Right. And these days that means, you know, let championship week play out, which was last Saturday, make, a, your, make your decision – Send it in, be done with it. Right. I think an interesting thing to talk about, George, is, you know, maybe do it throughout the season. Start it at the middle, at, you know, before the season even starts, change it as the season goes. And that points to Hendon Hooker, the situation there. Two weeks, three weeks ago, he was the favorite before he got hurt. Now he they couldn't have been worse than number two. No. And, and, you know, he should, he should have been the favorite at that time, but you lose to South Carolina. Okay. Say he stays healthy. I mean, how far, how far do you drop him? Maybe a couple, maybe to two or three. Well, but he's still in the running. Of, yeah, and off of what we saw, he would have torched Vandy. 
Right. He and, would have put up massive numbers in that game. And he was a first team all SEC quarterback. He I think he won offensive player of the year in the SEC and he doesn't even get invited to New York. Yeah, it's um there's some I, interesting there's some fishiness. Shake, yeah, it's got me shaking my head. Yeah. Um I do think Stetson Bennett deserves to be there, but that doesn't mean Hendon Hooker doesn't. I'm I'm not saying that. But maybe, hey, throw a fifth guy in there. Who cares? I mean, or if anybody, George C.J. Stroud. I mean, what what has he done? I mean, yeah, he's well. Look, I, I'm not trying to downgrade Stroud. He's a fine football player, but I don't think that I don't, I don't think that he deserved to be there more than Hooker. No, and I don't. I don't think Heisman. When I when I think of C.J. Stroud, at least this year, not this year, he played really well last year. But George, he threw a couple interceptions against Michigan. He wasn't great down the stretch. But when I think of Hooker, still, even though he got hurt and didn't play against Vandy, the word Heisman still comes to mind. So it's he unfortunate a, he had a Heisman kind of year, and for him to not be invited is bull. And George, uh, I like to listen to Tony Basilio's show when when I can, and they were talking about something good's going to come out of this. I think he said this on our show. Something something good will come out of this for Hooker, whether it's a, a bounce back from this injury and, and a good NFL career, or maybe, you know, uh, like with Inky Johnson, with his huge injury, maybe he tur- he, he'll he turn this into something good for him. Oh, I don't as, doubt that he will. Yeah, as yeah. bad as it is. I don't disagree with that at all. Okay, after the break, a couple of things that we're going to do. By the way, Herm Edwards will join us if you're watching the show live at five o'clock and you're going to want to hear this because he'll give you his take on the John Robinson Vrabel, you know, the firing that went on earlier this week, he'll give you his take on how to handle the transfer portal. It's Great. A very interesting interview. Five o'clock. If you're watching the show live is when that will happen after the break. A couple of things, Baker Mayfield Mm. and then Army Navy. That's the one college football game that will be played tomorrow. Stick around. This is Main Street Media Television. For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. 
It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797-3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and Williams counties. Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Durad Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large-scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost, providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome. Okay, we're back. I don't know how many of you saw the uh, Amazon Prime game last night, Raiders and Rams. Uh, for 58 minutes, more like probably 56, it sure looked like the Raiders were going to continue their winning ways, go to six and seven. And then all of a sudden, Baker Mayfield exploded and they the, the Rams went on a 98-yard drive with Baker Mayfield leading the way. And ultimately, they won the game 17 to 16 at the buzzer. For me, the big thing about it is that Mayfield, who had been on the Rams roster less than 48 hours, that they could prop him up enough with not only that wrist thing mm -hmm. that they read plays off of, but that apparently there is enough of the same stuff being run in the NFL with different terminology that less than two days later, he could be ready to win a game in the NFL and and do things like hurry up offense late. Yeah. I that blew me away. Yeah, there's nobody better, I don't think, for Baker than Sean McVay, an offensive mind like that to kind of, you know, dummy it up for him a little bit and say, Hey, you know, we're gonna simplify it for you. But it didn't look like it was all that simple last night for Baker Mayfield. I mean, he, you know, some of the passes he was throwing, I, the deep ball to Van Jefferson was beautiful. 
um, and, and, and then the touchdown. So, George, credit to Baker Mayfield. But after last night, I also think about Josh McDaniels and that Raiders coaching staff. You you just let Baker Mayfield, a guy that was cut by Carolina, picked up by the Rams, and was on the team for 20 minutes, and he goes, he beats you at home. Listen, I don't think the Raiders are going to fire Josh McDaniels at the end of the year. Uh, even I would be shocked at that. But I think what it has done, it's put him on sort of the Kroger hot seat for next year. Yeah. If If sort of this... You know, they're not playing to their potential continues a year from now. I think Mark Davis will can him. Yeah, and George, you got to wonder how much did the John Gruden emails and everything that can't come out, how much did that affect the locker room? How much did that affect just kind of the psyche? Uh, but then again, you know, you're, you roll into this season, and I think you expected them to, to be maybe a playoff team. I mean, well, you want an ugly opinion? I think the locker room wanted Rich Basaccia. If you remember, after all the Gruden stuff went down and he's gone from the Raiders, Basaccia, as the interim, took over and they were a tough out. Yeah. Remember how much trouble they gave the Bengals in Cincy mm -hmm. on that first weekend in the playoffs? Almost won it. I mean, I think a lot of people believed that he had earned the right to get that job. And the truth of it is, Mark Davis never paid any attention to him. He's now the special teams coach in Green Bay. But I think that locker room, I'm convinced that's who they wanted. Yeah, and, and McDaniels, George, I mean, he came in with no head coaching experience. A lot no, of that, that's not true. He had been at Denver. He'd been the head coach of the Broncos. The year before? No. Oh, before that. No, uh, I guess he was the many OC. Many years ago and then went back to New England as the offensive coordinator for, I want to say, six, eight years. He right. Bought, that, he bombed out in Denver. Right. Well, that's what I was thinking about. I, he was in Denver as the OC for so long. I didn't even know he was a head coach anywhere. Uh, how did he do in in, uh, in Denver? He bombed out as bombed. head coach okay. in two years. They fired him, I want to say, after two years. So that kind of speaks to what I was saying. I mean, he hasn't really proven himself as a head coach. And so no, they, that, I mean, there are starting to be more and more questions about is this guy just a very good offensive coordinator or does he have head coaching ability? Because he got the second chance by virtue of, you know, what he did in New England. And, you know, there's some who will say, well, yeah, it's pretty easy when you got Tom Brady and you got Julian Edelman and you got Belichick Blanc and you've got all the weapons that they once had, but he had earned the right at a second shot. The problem is he's bombing. Yeah, it's not looking That's good, the George. Issue. I mean, that was a Rams team that was reeling. How many had they, had they lost in a row? Was it six? Oh, gosh. Or five of their last six or they, something like they that? They don't look like the defending world champions. No, they? no, they do not. And if you're Stafford, what are you thinking after that performance from Mayfield? I know it's just one game, but. Well, you do wonder. Yeah, a I mean, little bit. you know, at, <laughs> Twitter's crazy, George, but you saw a lot of tweets about what Stafford might be thinking right now. But, but here's the other thing. Okay, Baker. Baker's got some athletic ability, but Baker has now for an extended period not been a very good NFL quarterback. So the question is, did he get a moment in the sun yep. or is this the beginning of an uptick? If it is, then Stafford might get pushed 
into a retirement maybe a year earlier than than he might have planned. Maybe. But George, what a pickup for the Rams. And obviously it, it worked out, so it looks really good. Crazy. But, man, that's wild. At least he didn't plant the uh, the Rams flag at midfield. <laughs> no, that's for that's for college, Baker. George, we've got Army-Navy yes, Saturday. Yes, Navy is a two-and-a-half-point favorite uh, in this one. And, George, it's interesting. When you look at this game, even if Army wins, they will not be going bowling. They could finish 6-6, six and six, but that's not enough to earn bowl eligibility for them because two of their wins came against FCS opponents. Yeah. So that's also, you know, that's not a bowl isn't at stake for Army because so they can't make it. Uh, but Navy, George, they started awful. I mean, they lost to Delaware. Oh, believe me. I, I had them in a game that you remember in the underdog picks. And <laughs> Which I, one was that? Oh, I don't know, but I was PO'd. Oh, I, it was Memphis. It was the Memphis game. Yeah. You took Navy and they lost 37 to 13 to Memphis. Yeah. So they started two and five, but they've they've gotten some big wins. They they nearly beat Notre Dame. Uh, so Navy's playing better, George. But I want to hit it this stat: sixteen straight times, sixteen straight years, the under has hit in this Army Navy game. Gosh. So, okay, we know what the service academies are about. Oh yeah, they're sitting there saying we can't line up with the big boys toe to toe. And the easiest way to bridge the gap is to run the triple option. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me, because in most cases, the teams they play have one week, maybe two, to to try to figure out how to stop this. Mm -hmm. So it's likely to be a boring football game as far as what you see. If you get 10 forward passes <laughs> in the game, God bless you. But... What there is about Army-Navy is a pageantry unlike any other game in college football. Mm. There is a book that John Feinstein wrote called, I think I'm right with this, A Civil War. And I have read the book a couple of times. And what he, what he did, he was able to get access to both football teams for an entire season. He'd go back and forth with them. And what he found was even though, you know, there was a lot of go Army, beat Navy, you know, and, and, yep. and this is their biggest game of the year, that after it's over, there is a respect level that is you don't see very often on the college level. He, he points to one example where two players who had played against each other for four years finally met up after the game, their senior year, they met out in the hallway. And I guess when it was all said and done, Feinstein got to witness the whole thing and said that there was such a respect level between the two players that it just blew him away. I think it's unlike anything that we see in sports. And so for that reason, even though it's nowhere near the best football game, uh, it's still worth watching. It's really refreshing, George, to to watch this game and this battle and these two teams go at it every year. It, it's you know you see what happens before the game, you know after the game. the The whole day is a celebration of what's of what's good in college football. Still, you know you've still got sort of this old traditional rivalry that is still going strong. So this represents what's good not only in the sport of football but in our country still. 
so it, this is always, always really cool. And uh, George, you talked about the service academies. Since the 05 season, the under has gone 43 and nine in games between Army, Navy, and Air Force. So whenever you've got a game a with the say, hold on a second, say that again. The under since 05, the under has gone 43 and nine in games between Army, Navy, and Air Force. Good lord! So the wow. under almost always hits when you've yeah. got service academy teams going at it. So that's the college football game tomorrow. It's the only one. One of the things I'm sure Army and Navy are a little skittish about is the expanded college football playoff. Yeah, They like the fact that they're the only game in town and a bunch of football junkies watch it, even though they may not enjoy triple option. With the college football playoff, is that going to seep into this week for opening round games and kind of push Army-Navy to the side. I would, I'll tell you what I would do. If the college football playoff goes with, let's say this weekend in 2024, what I would do if I'm Army and Navy is what, I would, what I do you, would, what do you mean go with this well, weekend? Okay. In 2024, if the first weekend of games is this particular weekend, the weekend after championship Saturday. You're saying the first weekend of the New Year's Six or the, the new 12-team playoffs? Yes. Okay. If that were the case, if I'm Army and Navy, I play the game on Friday night. That, that'd probably be a good option. I, I would do everything in my power to make it the only game in town. Yeah, which that's what it deserves. I mean, it, it absolutely does. I, I hope, I really do hope, George, the respect for this game never wavers. I, I really do. I, I, no. I don't think it will, but the, the playoff, they better back off of that. They, they're not playing on this Saturday. All they care about is money. <laughs> okay, we'll go to the break, and then we'll have stat of the day followed by an interview you're going to want to hear with Herm Edwards who has some strong opinions on a variety of things that we got into. Stick around. You're watching Main Street Media Television. Baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several Iron Mike pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night. A man was critically injured following a crash early Friday morning. Officers at the scene said the victim was driving a pickup truck when he lost control of the vehicle. The pickup veered left and went into a ditch. A front seat passenger was wearing a seat belt and escaped the crash without injury. The driver was not wearing a seat belt and was ejected from the truck. He died at the scene. 
Law enforcement writes tickets to save lives. Walmart supply chain is hiring in Lebanon. Earn up to $22.25 an hour when you join our new fulfillment center. Enjoy competitive pay and premium perks, including 100% paid college tuition, 401k match, flexible schedules, a free Walmart Plus membership that includes discounts and free Paramount Plus, paid time off, and so much more. Fulfilling work starts right here. Text JOIN to 240-240. That's JOIN 240-240 to apply now. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel, urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year. I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year. At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. Hey everyone, I'm John English, this is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports and Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee. We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports and Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. It's now time for Stat of the Day. It is brought to you by John English Antique Sports and Cards. You can find them in Shelbyville, Tennessee. They're open Tuesdays through Fridays from noon to 5 and Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 5. Visit them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. What an opportunity. With no college football, wondering about what you want to do this weekend, head on over to John English Vintage Sports and Cards in Shelbyville. You can also head over to their website, johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. Give Eric a call at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. George, no Watson. Yes, I'm aware of that. So you're, you're riding solo. We'll mm -hmm. see what Watson, or not Watson, we'll see what Michael has cooked up. Watson doesn't come up with these. 
Which two NFL starting quarterbacks are tied for the most red zone interceptions thrown since 2014? Okay, I'm just going to think out loud. I don't need you to gong me or whatever. The buzzer? Jimmy Garoppolo might be in there. Um, because if you look, there sure is a lot of questioning of his decision-making and, and is he good enough and, you know, can he win without a running game? Kirk Cousins is the other one that I'm thinking about because Cousins has gotten this reputation, whether fair or unfair, that he can't win the big one and that some of this kind of stuff happens. So, for the sake of not thinking this thing through, you know, until death do us part, those are the two I'm going with. Okay, so one more time, George. You've got Cousins. And Jimmy Garoppolo. And Jimmy G. All right, let's see this answer. Oh. Ryan Tannehill and Derek Carr. Oh. I'm not really surprised by Tannehill, but I didn't know Derek Carr threw that many. Wow. That's a tough question. Good job, Michael. Yeah. I tried to come with intelligent answers and no cigar. No, no, that's that's just in. (laughs) Georgette heads us into the five o'clock hour. We've got Herm Edwards coming up, ESPN analyst. But first, a few words on Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint. They combine state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere. Whether it's a sports injury, a sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement, Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has the staff, training, and equipment needed to take care of any patient in any circumstance. You can find them on the web at mtbj.net for more information. And now, on to our interview with Herm Edwards. Herm, as you can imagine, we've got a little situation going on here where the Titans, who are probably going to make the playoffs almost by default because the division is awful, they have, in an unusual timing deal, fired their general manager, John Robinson. And you've got all this pro experience from the past. What do you make of this? That was that was a head scratcher a little bit, but but I'm I'm wondering this, and I don't know this. I, I just does it have anything to do with the receiver that left? AJ Brown. Brown. I, I I'm not saying that's the case, but I, that it was kind of that was it's odd, especially like right now during the playoff run, they're going to win the division. Uh, you know, it's GM. I mean, I, I, I don't I don't that that was a head scratcher. There's something going on there. It was probably building, and it got to the point. I don't know if the Philly game kind of set it over the edge, uh, but I think the good thing, if there's any light to this, is that the head coach has he has a great relationship with his players. Um, It won't it won't affect the players uh, because the players will stay focused in on the fact that hey, look, we're we're trying to you know win playoff games uh, and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's that's the mindset of the players. Herm, there's this belief here that their window is closing quickly. Derrick Henry's getting older. Tannehill is, I think, 34 now. When you look at them, how much more window do they have to be a legitimate playoff Super Bowl contender, honestly? Well, I think... 
the way they play has a lot to do with how they're built. And it's always about, you know, playing good defense, um, having a great running back. Um, obviously, if, if that's the way they continue in their style of play, the key is going to be on uh, the runner, you know, and what runner is going to follow him. I don't know if coach is going to change his philosophy a whole lot. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, I just think this is how they're built. But they're in a they're in a division with some really good teams. Uh, and, you know, that are that are kind of coming up. And it has a lot to do with the quarterbacks in that division as well. Um, you know, this game is about scoring points. They play in a system that not saying they don't want to score, but they want to muddy the game up. They want to slow the game down. They want to control the possessions of the game. They're tough. They're physical. This team is built similar to the Ravens, in my opinion, a team that's built to play outdoors. Right. The elements help them in December. And in January, when you make your playoff runs, because it's cold, right? D defense travels, good special teams travel. High-flying offenses that throw the ball all over the yard doesn't travel very well, right? So I think with that's the mindset, when you draft and how you build your team, this is your head coach, then you know this is how you want to build it. You know, you always build teams in this sense, George. You always look at your division and say, we have to win our division. They've been able to do that. How can we continue to win our division? That's the critical part. And once you get that mastered out, then you just go about getting the players. Do they have an advantage at all? They want to play 20 to 17. The rest of the league really wants to play more 31 to 27 these days. Do they have an advantage or is it a disadvantage that this is the way they want to play? Well, I don't know if it's an advantage or a disadvantage. It's their style. I think that's the key. Know who you are, right? And does that win? It wins. It always wins. It never changes in any era of football you're talking about. It's more of a passing era. It's more of a wide open era. But when you look at it, they're still in the hunt. Problem is this. Similar to the Ravens problem. When they get behind, this team is not built to catch up. It gets behind a couple scores unless the defense could take the ball away and give you some short fields. But when it gets behind a couple scores, they're not built to come back and say, we're going to throw it now. We're going to drop back and throw it. That's not who they are. Okay, so let me try it this way. Because before I knew you, when you were the coach of the Jets and later the Chiefs, I thought you played a similar style where defense really mattered. Yes. If if I plucked you into a job right now and said, Herm, I got a lot of money and I've just named you the head coach of let's make up a team. Would you coach differently today than you did back then? I, I think the, the way of the quarterback and the way that um, the rules is set up to score. Now, with that being said, I, I think there's this there, there's happy there's this happy media. I do believe this to, to, to score points, you have to throw the ball to win. You got to run. You got to run to win games because it gives you a toughness. So I think there's this, there, there's this, you know, the highest scoring teams averaging about 30 points a game. You want to be in the mid twenties. And that's not always going to be the case every week, but you'd like to be in the mid twenties. Your quarterback will dictate that, you know, you're only as good as your quarterback and what he's allowed to do or what he's capable of doing. And I think when you watch these teams play, if you don't build it around your quarterback, you can say, well, I want to do this. I want to do that as a coach. But at the end, what can your quarterback do? 
And then from there, you build it. It's easier, it's easier to play in this sense. I play good defense. I'm going to run the ball. I got a quarterback that's going to manage the game. Okay, I can shorten the game down. It's easier to find a quarterback like that than to find Joe Burrow, than to find Mahomes. There's only so many of those guys, right? There's about how many? If you look at the elite quarterbacks in the league, what there's about 12. And everybody else is playing with really good quarterbacks. But then there's this other separate part of about 12 guys. And you can name who they are. You can go one to two and you can change the position. But there's about 12 total. Do you have one of those guys? Now your mindset changes when you have one of those guys. If it doesn't, then you don't try to ask a guy to be that guy because he can't do it. They end up, you know, getting cut, going to another team. We see these stories all the time. Quarterbacks been to two or three teams. Look, we watched Baker Mayfield yet last night. And we're scratching our head. <laughs> we practice one day. Now, now the Raiders helped him. And, and you're talking about a Raider team that had been on a roll for three weeks that was scoring 30 points a game. Right. Right. And then last night it was like these are the Raiders that had lost all those games by one by one score the last four weeks before they went on a three week run. So it's it is a head scratcher, this football sometimes. Let's let's go to the other team in your area. I watched the game last Sunday when Jimmy G got hurt, mm. and I was really impressed with Brock Purdy, who stood in there. Miami sent everybody after him, and he stood tall. And about the time I'm saying, well, this is all going to work out. This kid can handle this for a while. Watson Brown reminded me, hey, teams are going to get film they're going to learn some things now he's going to know a week ahead of time he's starting and it's a different world can they tread water long enough with him to still be a super bowl contender i think they can it's going to be more difficult though um we did this similar uh, the similar situation to us when we were in tampa when i was down there with tony um trent dilford who's obviously you guys know of he was a starting oh, yeah. quarterback got hurt and then we brought in uh, Sean King. And Sean King ran the offense as rookie quarterback, not a lot of experience, but we had this great defense. You know, that Sapp was on that defense, Lynch, Derek Brooks, Rondé Barber. You know, we ended up losing to the Rams in that epic game, uh, you know, against the Rams. Uh, it was, I think, I don't know, it was 11 to something. And they were scoring 30 points a game. We went on the road to play them in the championship game. And we lost on, in, in the last series when they went down, Kurt Warner hit, Hit Ricky Prohl, I think, on the touchdown. and 11 to 7, I remember. I mean, there you go. And it was the best offense in captivity, you know. It, it, but we played defense through the playoffs that way and, and got through it. I think, and John knows that. John was on that team. So if you, if, and I know John Lynch, he's telling coaches, hey, coach, we're going to be all right as long as the quarterback understands his role. Drive the car in the middle lanes. Don't go to the slow lane on the right. And whatever you do, don't go to the left lane. Do not get into that fast lane. No. And they're not going to let him do it. He's in a good place because he's with Coach Shanahan. He will script plays where this guy can be successful. He's going to have to make maybe eight throws in a game that are going to be, you got to play quarterback on these. The rest of them, get the ball out of your hand, get it to Kittles, get it to McCaffrey, get it to Ayuk. Uh, you know, they got guys, right? They, they, they got guys, Debo. So he doesn't have to do anything but get the ball to those guys. And let your defense play. And don't put your defense in a position where they're playing short fields or you're turning the ball over. Okay, now I'm appointing you to a committee 
because I think you have more common sense than most people that I know out there. Firm, this committee is designed to spend the weekend figuring out how to make the transfer portal more reasonable, more realistic. I mean, I look at the list. It's from here to Knoxville. Well, yeah. It is, what yeah. What do you do? It's a shame. I do think this, I, they've shortened the window of it all, which kind of helps, you know, because you're the, the window was a big window at a point in time. You could go anytime you want. I do think this, I, I think they should think about this and, you know, I get it. Some kids, they get in the wrong situation, coaching change or whatever, and they want an opportunity to go somewhere else. Okay, I get that. I don't know if you should be able to go back to back to back. I think if you, you go once, that's fine. But if you go again, you got to sit out a year or you you, you got to sit out. You got to wait a season, right? Because here's what's happening with this too. Not only does it change the dynamics of football, but it changes how you build your roster. Because every year you don't know if you're going to have the same guys. Graduation rate, you're, you're ready. Juniors that might go to the NFL, you're ready. But for you to build a team now is very difficult because every year you, you could lose players. And, and I think every coach realizes that. But also this, remember, and I get it, you can pay them money now. They're still student athletes. What does this do for a kid trying to graduate? All these kids are not going to the NFL. I mean, you know, they're student athletes. When you start transferring, do all those credits transfer as well? It's just, you know, if we truly are worried about the student athlete, let's look at that too. Because you can't transfer to two or three schools. All those credits don't follow you. And so how does that affect the kid? You know, because if you don't go to the NFL and you don't graduate because you've been in the portal and you've done it three times, that's kind of a, that's not a good deal. All right. It's why I appointed you, because in in 60 seconds, you gave me an answer that makes more sense than what we're doing now. I mean, I see JT Daniels. I think this is going to be the fourth transfer in four years. And after about the third one, I'm like, could it be on the kid? You know? Well, look, it's, it always looks greener somewhere else, right? Look, sports is about this. It's about competing. No matter where you go, you're going to have to compete. You got to compete. And, 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 and I think we live in this world now and it's no one's fault. It's just the world we live in. We can press a button, and get information within five seconds. And when you grow up in that era, if things don't happen for you very quickly, like in a, in a, in a, in a short time period, it's like, well, I got to move on. You're ready. I gotta move on. I gotta go do something. I gotta press the button and do something. I always tell guys they play those video games, right? I see my players that play in the video games, you know, and you see them and they're going, oh no. I said, why do you why are you starting over? Why are you press reset? Well, coach, I get to start over. I said, well, let me tell you something. That's a video game. I said, you don't get to press reset every time you hit failure in life. And say, I'm gonna reset, I'm gonna go do something else. No, 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 no. You gotta see what this feels like. There's nothing wrong with falling down. People fall down, but you don't press reset and start the game over. You got to go play. You got to play through this. That's life. It's hard. Life ain't easy. It's hard. <laughs> I love it. You are so right. Okay, I got to ask one last thing. Sure. When, when you would go to a bowl game at Arizona State, mm -hmm. if a kid walked in and said, look, 
I got to do what's best for me and my family, so I'm yeah. not going to play in the bowl game. You have to respect it. But, Herm, is there a piece of legislation that needs to go in that says, look, you got to play every game. You're, this is your team. You can't just bail because it's convenient. Well, a lot of it has to do with the NFL, right? We know it. And, and I, I dealt with that. Um, we were fortunate enough to go to a bunch of bowl games when I was at Arizona State. And I never had the complete team of players, of starters. And I knew it. But I knew it. I knew it before we got there. We had already spoke on it. And the players knew that this kind of is the deal. I mean, the last bowl game we played against Wisconsin, I, there were 11 starters didn't play. We had 11 guys off that team go to the NFL. 11, seven of them didn't play. They weren't hurt. And I brought them to the game and let them be with the team because they helped us get there. There's this fine line, you know, you would hope that a player would play, but they worry about injury, you know, and they're, they're trying to get ready for the NFL now. And it's just, I, I, it's, it's hard. It's you're in a hard situation. You're in a hard spot as a coach, because as soon as you say, well, no, well, you go, okay, you're done now. You're going to tell that to a guy that's been a, a, a starter for you for three years that helped you get to this bowl game. That's been a successful player. That's done everything you've asked him to do because he doesn't want to play in a bowl game. And now you're going to punish him and say, you can't go with the team. Um, you know, you, you can't do that. And I think all these players know, they know what guys are probably not going to play. Man, it's complicated. Oh, very, <laughs> very. It's not easy. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> but we choose the profession, right? You choose it. I hear you. You, with it and you try to adjust and, you know, you don't make a big deal out of it. You get your team ready to play and you just tell guys, you know, the next guy's up. You're going to have to play. But it happened for me every year that we went to the bowl game. There was at least four to five guys that weren't going to play. Billy. This is a real coup getting Herm Edwards. It never disappoints. Oh my God, George! I mean, so good. You could ask him the most general question ever, and you know he could just give you a simple answer. But no, he's got to talk about video games, and you can't reset the in, reset in... button. Was that not him going down the "you play to win the game"? Oh yeah. I mean, did that not feel like a little extension? Oh yeah. Of it felt a little bit like that. He's phenomenal. He never disappoints. We will try to have this be an every Friday kind of deal. Now, his schedule gets pretty crazy with ESPN. So whether we're able to make it every Friday or not, I don't know. But I know that's what we're going to try to do. Whatever the case, I am thrilled to have him here. This is where he belongs. This and, is your home. It's all. I almost wish Watson could be a part of it somehow. Oh my God, you know because you know, that they don't be... really know each other. Really? Yeah, I've asked that question. They don't really know each other. I I have a good feeling. We need to find a way. I know we like having Herm on Fridays. We need to find a way to get those two together. Oh, That'd be I, great. yeah, it would be priceless. Okay, I know we need to go to the break. I hope you enjoyed Herm Edwards. Hope we got to some topics that you think we should with a guy of his stature in here. After the break, Jeff Pennington will give us his picks for three big games this weekend. Then I'll get into mine, and I got to admit, uh, you only have two. The slate is a little thin, shall we say. <laughs> it's a little dry. 
This is Main Street Media Television. Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty. I highly recommend Sumner Funeral and Cremation because of their caring nature and attentiveness to detail. Pre-planning your funeral now will bring you peace of mind and less stress to your loved ones. When the chaos of losing you happens, your family can honor and celebrate your life, knowing things are happening just as you wanted them to. Pre-planning determines the details of your funeral, cemetery services, and can be less expensive. We are honored to serve you and are always here for you in your time of need. Sumner Funeral and Cremation. Traditional. Affordable. Dignified. SumnerFuneral.com Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links. I'm Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Barner with Rock Hassle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com. Well, Jeff Pennington is in the on-deck circle. That's always fun on a Friday afternoon. But first, a word from the folks at Pennington Distilling. 
Pennington Distilling Company was founded in 2011 with the goal of creating original craft spirits that embody the same character as the city they were born in, Nashville, Tennessee. From grain to glass, every step is taken to produce spirits of exceptional craftsmanship and quality. Pick up one of their award-winning products like Pickers Vodka, Davidson Reserve Whiskey, and Whisper Creek Tennessee Sip and Cream today. Or stop by the distillery in West Nashville and the nations. Follow them on social media and online at PenningtonDistillingCo.com. Jeff, we're in that college weekend where basically we have one game, the Army-Navy Classic. All of a sudden, there's been a big change in this game. As I pull it up, Navy is now a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and they're expecting an old-fashioned shootout. The over-under, 32-and-a-half, which is <laughs> the lowest total of 2022, the lowest being Iowa and Minnesota at 31 about three weeks ago. Tell me what you think. Well, I didn't even see that 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 one, but I wonder if it went under or over. I'll have to check that out on the Iowa-Minnesota game. By the way, it went under. It was it and ended I, up 13 to 10. You know, I, I, I enjoy this game. I got friends in Army and, and Navy grads, uh, you know, and uh, so I, I'm going to go with I, I got a new buddy that I, I got to meet this year, a former Blue Angel who, who I text and got to hang out with. And he, he came by the distillery and I'm going to go with him this year. I, I think Navy, you know, they've, they've gone three years, I think, of losing this after owning it for a while. And, you know, they've they've. I think I, I actually did some research because, you know, last weekend was my first losing weekend and I'm not happy about it. I think I went 0 4. So I need, I actually did a little bit more homework this time. Um, club. Yeah. So uh, all the way around, I just missed everything. I hope everybody went against me last week. Uh, I like Navy. I think that, you know, their season's kind of done. I think they've lost a, a few in a row, but I think this game means a bunch. I do think the under still, I think it's good. It could be 13 to 10. Um, you know, I enjoy watching this game. I've never, I, the sad part is I don't think I watch either team all year. So I couldn't tell you anything about it. Well, then they probably want run the same offense. Um, oh, it, but I'm going to go with my, my buddy from Annapolis. The under, in I think this it's Navy's year. They, they, this could, it... the under in this army Navy matchup has hit 16 straight years. Has gone over? It's gone under. The under has hit. Oh. So the under. A little stat for us. I don't know if I know any other than Tennessee losing Alabama 16 times. I don't know anything else that happened 16 times in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's. uh, That one's ended. They got to start over. (laughs) CBS has got it tomorrow at 2 o'clock Nashville time. Now. Let's get to Sunday where the news has gotten out that Burks will not be able to help the Titans, ruled out because of a concussion. It's been a crazy week, and yet even before the Burks news, Jeff, the line was only three and a half. And if you had asked me before this number came out, what will the Titans-Jacksonville line be? I would have said six and a half or seven. I was going to say six and a half to seven and a half. Um, you know, that I, I like the Titans a lot. I mean, let's put it this way. If we can't win this game, then we should lose out and just give up. I mean, yes, we've had a couple bad weeks in a row, but we also started 0-2 and everybody thought the world was falling. Um, you know, there's a couple games we could have, should have won in there, could have won. Um, 
you know, the Philadelphia beat down that, uh, you know, after the bills beat down, we came back and woke up, but it's it, to me, it's going to go two ways as much as, you know, I'm, I'm the John Robinson firing, uh, it's either going to go two ways from that. Like I've been reading, I don't know the story. Obviously I'm just a, a fan like anybody else, but I've been reading. It was Brable kind of laid down. That it's a me or him thing. That's what a lot of the blogs are saying. If that is the case, Brable's a player's coach. And if that did go down and the players would know it, I think the players play for him and they stay, they step up and say, we're on the right side of this. <clears throat> if you got a room full of guys that love John Robinson and they didn't like it, it could go the other way. But I think uh, I think I was actually looking. At, I think we clinched the division with a win this week, even with five games left. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that sad? Oh, it's um, something about the division. I think we would have to go zero and five, and uh, Indy would have to go five and zero to uh, beat us in the division. The NFL flexed this game to Sunday night and booted Kansas City Denver out. I'm talking about Miami at the LA Chargers two of the really good young quarterbacks in the league in in Tua and uh, Justin Herbert. Miami's a three-and-a-half-point favorite at the Chargers. Tell me what you think. Man, I'm actually excited about this game. I'm glad they flexed it because I, uh, I, I really enjoy both these teams. I'm a big, big fan of Herbert. Uh, and Tua, you know, keeps – I, I love to. I love watching him play. It's hard to group for an Alabama quarterback all the time for me, but he's exciting. And I think he's done a lot better this year, after, especially after coming back from that hit. I mean, I thought he – honestly, I was like, oh, his career's over. Like, I mean, that thing looked bad. So I'm really excited to watch this game. I don't know who I like, but I'll tell you what I like a lot. I like the over. I think I saw it at 52 or 52 and a half. Oh, um, I, I really – I really like the over. I think these two quarterbacks, this is going to be a shootout, a fun. I think there's a reason they flex this game late. Um, you know, the Chargers have had a couple tough losses lately. Uh, Tua since come back, they're both putting up points. And I don't, neither one of their defenses impresses me a, a ton. So I, I like the over. I think it's, I think this could easily be a 35 28 game, 30, you know, 33 30. So I, I like the over and I'm, I'm excited to watch both quarterbacks come out and, try to salvage, you know, not salvage, both of them are still in it. So it's an important game for either team. I mean, it's, what, eight and four, and you got Chargers still six and six. So it's any, you know, anybody, both teams are still in the hunt. So I think they come out firing, and I, I expect it to be a high-scoring shootout. And and I, I think that's what the – I'm going to guess that's what NBC's rooting for, too, when they flex it. Oh, you know they are. By the way, my trusty little iPhone confirms 52-and-a-half as the over-under. And you're right, with those two quarterbacks, you would think on paper that this is going to be an old-fashioned shootout. And uh, so we'll, we'll give you over in that game. We'll give you the Titans, and I think I heard you say Navy. Navy. And, okay. Hey, if we go, just because I went 0-4 last week, can we take under in Navy as well, just so maybe I can go 4-0? and <laughs> I, I like this. Now that I heard 16 times in a row. <laughs> Billy, give him a fourth pick there with a great stat <laughs> that you came up with. Under 32 and a half. Of course, if either if one I, of If them, I go 4-0, I'll, I'll, I'll Billy a lunch, but go 4-0. <laughs> Trust me, he's in broadcasting. He'll accept. <laughs> nice i'll take it jeff thanks as always uh no wedding this weekend no golf game 
Um, no. What are you going to do? Man, I'm actually, we're going tomorrow to take uh, Greer down. They have Santa at the Ryman. You can get pictures on the Ryman stage with Santa. So we're going to do that. And then I got a buddy who's uh, playing over at Billy's Idol Hour tonight. So we're going to go over there and see our, our buddy play and, and have a good family, you know, mostly family time this weekend. Weather's been beautiful for a week straight. So, you know, <laughs> just take it in. It's been awful. See you next, uh, see you next Friday. See you next Friday. Cheers. Okay, that's Jeff Pennington from Pennington Distilling. Stay tuned. I get my chance with plaster bed of the day. Not a whole lot out there. Not the normal five or six games, but I'll tell you what I do think when we come back. This is Main Street Media Television. When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned. And what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to strikeandspare.com. Welcome to the Omni Nashville Hotel. Urban elegance with a vintage touch. Our 800-room hotel opened up in the fall of 2013 with 746 guest rooms and 54 suites. Baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a hit tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night.
For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donnelly, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonnellyTimmons.com. Walmart Supply Chain is hiring in Lebanon. Earn up to $22.25 an hour when you join our new fulfillment center. Enjoy competitive pay and premium perks, including 100% paid college tuition, 401k match, flexible schedules, a free Walmart Plus membership that includes discounts, and free Paramount Plus, paid time off, and so much more. Fulfilling work starts right here text JOIN to 240-240. That's JOIN 240-240 to apply now. Welcome back into the George Plaster Show. Final segment here on your Football Friday as we head into a uh, non-packed football weekend. It's only Army-Navy, so Plaster's bets of the weekend should be interesting. Bart Durham is the sponsor since 1975. Bart Durham Injury Law has aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com. Okay, let's check what happened with your bet last night, George. And Ohio State, Oops. they got the win, but Rutgers almost pulled that one off well, last night. First of all, Rutgers was the better team. Ohio State hit a three at the buzzer. To win by a point. Was there a controversial call last night? I, I've heard some people chattering about that late in that game. I, I, I didn't I gotta I didn't, admit, I saw it with the volume off. Yeah, so I didn't I see it. Know. So I didn't know, know if you knew, but but the Ohio State was never in a position to cover. They never came close to a cover. So what they win did by I, one? By one. Oh, they hit a three at the buzzer and got the shot off with about 0.2 left. Mm. I mean, it's as close as the Rutgers kids. I felt so bad for them. That's a program that, you know, has had a little bit of success, but they're in the Big Ten, and that is no easy deal. No, same story for football. I yeah. mean, they're just kind of I mean, stuck there. A win at Ohio State would have been a big deal for them. Uh, anyway, yeah. I lose. There's my record. There's your record, 88 and 85, three games above 500. So you're still above 500, George. Yes, I think, and, I, and I'm going to stay above it over the weekend no matter what. That's Let, a good thing with your two bets. Yeah, let's take a look at where I'm going uh, with these plays. Okay, if you listened, if you were with us live at the beginning, 
the picture that Terry McCormick painted is not real good. Traylon Burks is out, ruled out with a concussion. And so they've only got on the roster right now two wide receivers. They're going to bring up Racy McMath. That will help. To me, this is exactly almost a Vrabel kind of deal where let's circle the wagons, let's figure it out. Oh, by the way, Jacksonville sucks. Um, (laughs) They haven't been great. Um, It's the perfect time for the Titans. You know, about the time everybody's really down on them, um, that they come out and say, throw every piece of adversity you want at us, we're going to win. And so I'm going to take the Titans minus the three and a half at home, partly because this, this feels like their kind of game. The other reason, Jacksonville sucks. Another reason, Trevor Lawrence may not play. That's and, a big one, and that might really affect the line if it gets out on Sunday that he's not. Yeah, I just realized how who ugly. Is, by the way, who's their backup? C.J. Beathard. Oh, that's right. We've been talking about that all week long. Yeah. So, C.J., if you're out there, Battleground Academy is rooting for you. Have a great day, but your team loses by four. <laughs> that's all. Uh, that's all that needs to happen uh, yeah. for George. Uh, George, let's move on here. You got a two-team teaser. Yeah. Cincinnati and Kansas City. Okay, I couldn't find a lot this week. Tough, uh, this tough is, week. This is a tough card. Cincinnati's home against Cleveland, and they are simply better. Cleveland has had their number, though. The, Joe Burrow has struggled with Cleveland. Well, it isn't going to happen again. So plus one. What's the original line there? Uh, Five. Okay. Cincinnati by five, so you tease it down and you get to Cincinnati plus one. Kansas City's on the road in Denver. Here's the thing. Nobody ever just completely shuts down Kansas City. True? True. True. So Denver is going to have to score some points. And what are we now into like week 14? Yep, They're still not getting anything done on offense, and so you have to ask yourself, if it hadn't happened by now, is it going to happen? And I think the answer is probably not. If, If Denver doesn't score more than 17... We will win that side of the teaser. I That's think, what I think. I think you definitely win that side of the teaser, at least. I don't know about Cincinnati, but I think you do win the Kansas City bet. George Russell, what? They haven't gotten any better. I mean, nothing's changed, like no, you I just know said. It. So, I know. you know, I'm I, really surprised. I would definitely hammer KC there. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Those are the two bets. The good news no matter what happens this weekend, I'll still be over 500. And Watson won't be able to, you know, throw those jokes at me. Uh, he won't be able to have any more jabs. You're no. still three games above 500, but darn tootin'. And you could even get to 90 and 85 if you win both those, George. So you'd be able to brag to him. And you know what? I almost want to throw a third one in there, but I'm not. Which okay. which one were you thinking? The Chargers. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think the Chargers are going to win at home. This is this is a get-right game for them. This is sort of. more important for them than it is for Miami. They've got to win for their playoff hopes. 
I'm going to stay away from it, but that's the third one I was thinking about. You're not going to be as risky as as, uh, as Jeff? Jeff picked uh, – who did he pick in that one? Oh, just the over. <laughs> I was I didn't think he picked anybody. He's probably right about that. No, anyway, definitely. we're done. Hope all of you have not only a good weekend, but a safe weekend. The Predators are home tomorrow at 1230 against Ottawa. Belmont is home tomorrow at 4 o'clock against MTSU. Vandy plays tonight. If you're watching this live, their game against Grambling is at 6 o'clock. Jordan Wright will not play because of a hip injury. We're out of here. Have a good weekend. We'll see you back on Monday on Main Street Media Television.